Yes, teeny tiny lady. Ready to go? By the way, uh, somebody wrote in yesterday. All right. Someone wrote in yesterday, Sherry. They they look forward to her being fired. <clears throat> they don't like her, never liked teeny tiny. They don't care about her. And by the way, when you say turn off her mic, doesn't mean she can't hear us. I don't believe like, this. I know. Teeny's <laughs> crazy what people say. Don't worry. This is you're a all right. No, you're fine. You're fine. Love you. You're part of the team. 100%. Wait a minute. You slay. You slay. I thought, I thought this was a done deal. Shh. It could pay on the talk of pay about no. Teeny Ahe. <laughs> Diving into the Hope news, Get it. Diving into the news. That thing is way hot. Not, not All right, safe. with your pig Latin. Ig, ig pay. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I, yeah, fine. Uh, Joe, this story came out with this yesterday, and Joe wrote in. We can, because I said, I texted him during the break, you know, what do you want to do at 5 o'clock? He goes, well, if you want to get upset, we can play the Fauci story. Joe, please, that's that's so 2023. Joe Mama. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. You don't get mad anymore? No. (laughs) (laughs) What do I, you know, come on. What's the big deal? Right. Um, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, with two of his own private attorneys, and he also asked for two government attorneys to be able to answer questions. They deposed him for seven hours. He said he didn't recall a hundred times uh, what we learned from the private testimony. And then, by the way, he's also said that he will go before a congressional hearing to talk about the origins of COVID-19. Uh, but we found out that the six-foot rule was arbitrarily made up, not based in science at all. They asked him about the masks, that sort of stuff. A lot of I don't recall on that. Um, and, you know, people are like, okay, well, the thing we want to really talk to you about is the origin because we know that, um, well, we know a lot more than we did prior to the origin because they said we still, I guess we'll never know where it came from. <laughs> I don't know how they figure that. See, the two places either came from the quote-unquote wet market where somebody ate a bat or it actually came from the Wuhan lab where they were involved in producing really super duper viruses. One of the two don't know, don't know where. So here's what happened in February 1st of 2020, five scientists contacted Fauci uh, and the five of them said, listen, we, we have this, this is really suspicious. The protein in the spike, this thing looks like something that was made through gain of function. That was on February 1st. And there was, they had great concern. Now, of course, the White House um, and Fauci and the CDC and everybody else and all the media was saying, oh, no, 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 nope, no, 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 didn't, nah, not coming from China, not coming from that lab. Pay no attention to the $5 million that NIH gave to the lab. We didn't produce this thing. Because just think about it. What a PR nightmare that would be. Wait a minute. You took taxpayer money, gave it to a lab in China, Gave him five million dollars. They then supercharged this virus, and then the thing got out and killed millions of people. That would look really, really bad. So you have to distance yourself from it as quickly as possible. So the five scientists that all said this looks really suspicious on the first, they um, they call Fauci. There's then a phone call after eleven o'clock at night. All five of them are on the line together on the third of February, and then three days later, a um, paper is written and it's sent on the sixth. It is uh, Dr. Chris, Dr. Anderson sends it over to Nature and says, "Hey, would you uh, uh, have this thing published uh, post haste?" 
the research that um, was sent to Nature and then put in um, various medical journals to say that oh no, this thing came from a from a you know natural origins. The paper was uh, edited, and much of the work was done by Fauci and the other four or five. So then on the 20th or in April of 2020, this is probably the thing that they're going to get them on. I wanted to ask, uh, Dr. Fauci, can you address these suggestions or concerns uh, that this virus was somehow man-made, possibly came out of a laboratory in China? Now, remember, this is April, February. A study was um, written up and Fauci helped write it. Fauci knew who the other guys were. Fauci was one that told him, get it published as quickly as possible. So here's Fauci. This is in April. There was a study uh, recently. The study recently, by the way, is his study. Listen to this. That we can make available to you. We're a, a group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists looked at the sequences there and the sequences in uh, bats as they evolve. And the mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. So, I mean, the, the paper will be available. I, I don't have the authors right now, but we can make that available too. <laughs> I don't have the authors. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You're one of them. So they have this on him. So I don't know what they eventually do to Fauci once they gets in there. Maybe they take away his pay or whatever else. But he needed to squash this idea that had come from a lab. So then they called all the media, said anybody that says it's coming from a lab, call them racist or call them conspiracy theories. Let's destroy them. So when the guys uh, like Jay Bhattachari and some other scientists said, this looks like he's coming from a lab, uh, you, uh, YouTube would take him down. Social media took him down. Everybody took him down. It, you can't say it came from a lab. Now, during his you know, private um, little interview that they did with him he said well it's possible it could have come from a lab so now he's sort of pushing back on some of the stuff he had said earlier so just you know a little bit of the news out there see that joe i did it didn't get mad there you go i'm Done. very impressed and I, and I mean that sincerely oh thank you here's something to boil my blood let's remember nobody's safe and we want to make sure that everyone understands that no one's safe till everyone's safe no one is 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 safe nobody is safe this is a post 9 11 axiom safer but not yet safe no one is safe no one is safe no one is safe no one is safe from COVID 19 until everyone is safe if the whole world isn't safe none of us are safe no one is safe no one is safe nobody is safe until we're all safe health experts have been saying nobody is safe is safe until everybody is safe. Nobody, Nobody is, is safe. safe. The science is clear. None of us are safe. There is no. Yeah, just realize whenever you hear everybody in the media saying the exact same thing, they've all been given the exact same thing, what they're supposed to say. So, you know, there you go. Everybody has to get the shot. If you don't get the shot, we're all going to die or you're going to die. or You're going to cause somebody else to die. So hopefully everybody doesn't go into the memory hole and people remember because the next time something like this comes along, God forbid it does. We'll all be able to go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's that's what you tried to do to us before. So. Fool me once, shame on me, right? Somebody that, that goes, fool me twice. So, fool on, me you, once, shame on, shame on right? you. you. No, you me first, twice. twice me. 
Thank you, Joe. Uh, oh, all right. Boy, why was it so hard to figure that one out? <laughs> Sherry, Sherry called it yesterday. She said that Bill Belichick will be out at the uh, Patriots head coach after 24 seasons. I don't really remember. Did you actually – is that your prediction, Sherry, that Bill yeah. Belichick that was it well, for him? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't my prediction, but I read something from Sports Illustrated that I found oh. that said that it was just a matter of time that because – I mean, Pete Carroll is, I think, a year older – than Bill Belichick, and that it was just, mm-hmm. it was obvious that they were cleaning house. They called them the dinosaur coaches. Oh, yeah. Here's Bill, here's a press conference. Uh, Robert and I, after a you know, series of discussions, have uh, mutually uh, agreed to um, part ways. And uh, for me, this is a day of, um, you know, gratitude and celebration. Um, start with Robert and his family. Um, Robert, Robert Kraft, Bob Kraft. Great. So much thanks for the opportunity to, to be head coach here for 24 years. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity. Um, received tremendous support. Uh, we had a vision. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't sound like it's a day of celebration. <laughs> Normally. <laughs> like he's pretty uh, bummed out. That's uh, the most amount of energy I see. I'm going talk about that right now. I'm talking about football. That's what he normally does. Doesn't seem happy. By the way, we missed the boat. I should say this. We missed the boat on some of that great Carol, uh, Pete Carroll stuff. I don't do I, this to me. I'm no, sorry. I'm doing this to okay. you. I'm t- Teeny, get over here. Get a potato ready. Uh, I was listening to Jake's show yesterday. He played a cut from Pete Carroll. And because Pete gets up as the coach, talks about the team, talks about John Schneider, talks about the players. But when he talks about his his wife, oh my God, and his kids, and it's like, you know, I don't care what you think about Pete Carroll. Oh, he's a great guy. But when you realize that this man, when he says, you know, because his wife and his kids, they got to go through all the wins and losses with him and all the stuff. And he's God, oh, it's just such a beautiful testimony. You want to hear it? To his, yeah, yeah, to his wife. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Really very, very I've sweet. I've been very blessed sweet. with, like, the rarest of best friends and uh, mentor, um, loving partner, the angel in my life. This is worth crying for. Glenn, nobody would ever understand how significant she's been through all of the stuff that we've been through and uh, how important she is. As, a, as She's just been the angel in my life and uh, I owe you everything. Isn't that nice? Aww. That's, That's so sweet. sweet. Yes. Yeah. He talks about his grandkids, he got another baby on the way, and you realize, you know, it's not, it's not just a coach, you're a human being as well, and all the other relationships that you had through all these, all the wins and losses. It was really, really nice for him to be able to do that. So good for you, Pete. Um, I didn't watch the debates. I saw some of the highlights, if there were any highlights I at all. Ay, ay, ay. I and, watched it. Hold on, let me see what cuts I got. GOP debate recap. Uh, all right, here we go. We Joe. don't need another mealy mouth politician who just tells you what she thinks you want to hear just to try to get your vote, then to get in office and to do her donor's bidding. Leadership's about getting things done. How did you blow through $150 million in your campaign and you were down in the polls? So here, here's you are I not this a manager. No, I, now I'm going to say. I think it's very instructive no, about what the economy Haley sees the world. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis sparred at the CNN Republican presidential debate in Iowa, the final uh-huh. debate before next week's Iowa caucus. Haley sought to portray DeSantis as a liar, and DeSantis 
has tried to paint Haley as a corporatist, but one thing they both agreed on, that frontrunner Donald Trump should have been there. Instead, Trump was on a Fox News presidential town hall. And she's gonna get smoked, and you and I both know it. She's not up to this. That was Chris Christie, the former Republican governor of New Jersey, moments before announcing that he has ended his presidential bid for the White House. It's unclear what Christie's departure will mean for New Hampshire primary voters and whether or not they will go to Nikki Haley, who is now within single digits of Trump in the Granite State. Remember, they vote just a week after the Iowa caucus. So let's say Trump wins in Iowa and then you go to New Hampshire. A lot of times the momentum of Iowa can help you in New Hampshire, but a lot of times New Hampshire says, no, not necessarily, because somebody might come in third in Ohio, but pick up first in New Hampshire. But in this case, if he does really well, then he sweeps in there in New Hampshire. If he even goes by two, loses by two or three to Nikki, still he, so he takes Iowa, then he moves to New Hampshire, loses just a little bit, heads down into South Carolina. And Super Tuesday's next. He's got enough momentum behind him, and people really don't necessarily see Nikki Haley as the next president. And the fact Chris Christie says she would get smoked in the election, Trump seems to be able to have this thing in hand as he then slips out, picks up all those in uh, Super Tuesday, and then basically has the whole thing wrapped up by about the first week in March or something, or second week in March. So Donald Trump most likely will be your candidate for the Republican Party in 2024, which leads me to this cut. Joe, did you get it? I just sent it to you. If you could big, bring it up in time. Just give me about 10 seconds. I'll have it ready 10 for seconds. Here, here's the the thing. You know, people love him or hate him, whatever it is about Donald Trump. His, his, um, I saw a comedian talk about the other day that he missed this comedian is a Democrat. But he goes, I love the guy because just when he would talk, it was just like it was like a comedy act. It was like 45 minutes of comedy, 45 minutes of just watching this guy just sort of, you know, riff on things. And he goes, if you want to imitate, you want to imitate Donald Trump, all you have to do is just you say one sentence. Like, for instance, I walked into a great, big, beautiful room and the curtains were were gold and they were velvet. And then you just grab bits and pieces of your first sentence and repeat it again. For instance, I just walked into a great big beautiful room with these golden velvet curtains. Curtains were golden and velvet. Big beautiful room. You just you just you don't you drop the verbs out of it. And you just the, the nouns of the thing and just talk like Donald Trump. Just as he talks, he goes the the guy you know love him or hate him whatever it was. He was able to really just sort of just riff on stuff. This is an example. Donald Trump's doing an example of every single person who never studied in history class, but had to get up and give like a three minute talk about, let's say, the Civil War. And the other thing, you know, I, I love studying the uh, if you take a look, I mean, the wars, I don't know what it is. The Civil War was so fascinating, so horrible, it was so horrible, but so fascinating. It was uh, I don't know. It was just different. I just find it. I'm so attracted to seeing it so many mistakes were made see there was something i think could have been negotiated to be honest with you i think you could have negotiated that all the people died so many people died you know that was the disaster if you got hit by a bullet in the leg you were essentially going to die or lose the leg that's why you had so many people no legs no arms if you got hit in the arm or the leg then he goes on it wasn't a good thing it wasn't it was a bad thing bad bad thing <laughs> Brilliant assessment. Regular historian. I know, but listen. <laughs> you know, this guy, he had that miss said about him. Then he went on to say, you know, Abraham Lincoln, if he had negotiated it, 
then he probably probably wouldn't remember him. I mean, they'd still know him as Abraham Lincoln, but you know, he wouldn't be as famous. I mean, he would still be Abraham and Abraham Lincoln, but if I think I could have negotiated this, it's like, just great. Part of the deal. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, the real deal right there. Um, it worked out for him not doing any of the debates because uh, he was still the topic, but then everybody else looks like they're punching up. Is so. DeSantis's voice usually that shaky, or have I just No, it's, he sounded nervous, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, really nervous. He's got a yeah, terrible he... voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh miss, it's, miss it's, voiceover. It's true. He does. It's it's kind of nasally and, and weak. Uh, but he came out swinging, and so did so did she. DeSantis, dot com. She pushed that thing over and over again. It's a website that she's got to have that has all of his lies on it. This is how we choose a president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take a quick temperature of the uh, listeners of the John Curley Sherry Elliger show. It, Joe, the um, tin hat stuff that I did earlier, the, that's, should we do that again? Absolutely. I mean, right now or another day? No, just no, not right now. Because you're I gotta I, take a break on all that we, stuff. We, yes. we play the hat song. We kind of acknowledge that it's a little kooky, and then you let people kind of throw their opinions out there and take questions. I think it worked well. Okay, good. Thank you, Joe. Yep. Thank you. All right. Joe Mama. Teeny, get ready. we got to get the letter of the day. Teeny, get ready. Letter of the day coming up. You can write to us at MyNorthwest.com. You can uh, text as well through the uh, Muggleshoe Casino Resort text line, one 973 Seven six. Well, it's over, Sherry. This is it. No more fruit stripe gum. I remember fruit stripe gum. I remember the song they used to sing for fruit stripe gum. And uh, wow, they decided that uh, no more. Here, just to bring you back. At five forty-one. Hey, it is time for this edition of Throwback Thursday. Now we're hoping. Throwback Thursday. This is a TV show. It's Throwback Thursday. It's a secret commercial, but it's not. This morning's commercial takes us back to the early '90s. Here's a hint. Oh yeah. It's a gum made just for the kids. Hmm. Let's see. Oh. Young Oh, that's not the one I remember. Ugh. Remember Fruit Stripe Gum? Remember Fruit Stripe Gum? Kick it, this please. One? It's fun to tickle a tongue with Fruit Stripe Gum. Kick it. Please. <laughs> tickle your tongue ow, with Fruit ow, Stripe wow. Gum. It's fun. Each pack has different tickling Fruit Stripe flavors. Cherry Stripe, Lemon Stripe, Orange Stripe. Do you remember this? You remember this? I don't remember go, that. You won't tickle my tongue. It tickles your tongue. It's fun. It'll never tickle my tongue, Zebra. It does. It does. It does. They're gone. They're not making it anymore. I don't know why, but nope. (laughs) When was the last time you brought some fruit striped gum? Well, it didn't have. It only had flavor for about. uh, You you you'd put it in your mouth. You'd get one chew out of it, and then it was gone. So you'd have to eat like five different pieces to get any real flavor. But it was really yeah. good. I like juicy fruit gum. Oh, do you like juicy fruit gum? <laughs> I like juicy fruit gum. That's my favorite. But fruit stripe gum, stripe gum smelled really good. I took a uh, commercial class, how to audition and read for commercials, and we spent, I don't know, it seemed like two hours 
putting a piece of gum in our mouth because there was a time we used to do a lot of advertising, a lot of commercials were gum, you know, twins, uh, juicy fruit, and then the twins gum or whatever it was, Wrigley gum. That was a big commercial. Coffee used to be advertised all the time. Gum used to be advertised a lot, razors, shaving cream, all that sort of stuff. So I took this commercial class, and the guy was really, really emphatic. Now, listen, if you go in for a gum commercial, you want to warm the gum up in your hand ahead of time, and then here's how you want to put it in your mouth, and then we all practice. You lift your tongue up, you press the gum in, and then it folds up into like, would fold up into a little tiny piece of gum, and then you're able to do the next line after oh, you put the gum so in your mouth. <laughs> I'm not teasing you, old lady. I'm just telling you the truth. That's the way it used to work. We're all in there doing it. And I was like, wow, I'm really getting my money's worth out of this this class for $300 on how to stick gum in your mouth. Where's that piece of gum I can show it to you? I have any gum here. Let's see. It's like, here it is, Sherry. Hang on a second. Uh, all right. Let's say this is the piece of gum, so it's nice and warm. By the way, those of you who are not watching, you have to use your imagination. <laughs> Imagine this being the gum. Take a regular stick of gum, right? You want it warm in your hand so it's nice and warm so that it's not cold and doesn't break because you're going to be able to put, you have to put the gum in your mouth and then deliver the sales line, whatever it is. Like, mm, that's great. Without the gum flying out, you have the first chew. So as you put it in your mouth, Sherry, you lift up your tongue. Are you doing it along with me? Where I can't see you. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't have any gum. Okay. You open your mouth and uh, uh, under your tongue, uh, hit. See how it's folding? See that? Yeah, I've. All right, my God. Very familiar. <laughs> I, I, I've always seen people on commercials. See how it's accordion that like way. this? Yeah, but. See that? Yeah. But I, I've never seen anyone put gum in their mouth like that. That's great. <laughs> Usually what they do is they show they have a shot of somebody putting the gum in their mouth and then they cut to another shot of them just Yeah, saying that's if whatever. you're an amateur and you didn't take the commercial class oh, that I oh, took, okay. Sherry. All right. Well, I I I just it seems a, a little uh clumsy. Okay. It's been a while since I took the class. You ready? Oh, okay. So yeah. you your line is here you want to stick a gum? Here, you want to stick a gum? Sure. That's great. That's great. That's Okay. Huh? I'm sorry to insult your teacher, but <laughs> never saw anybody on TV do that. All right. Never. Well, anyway, you won't be able to see anybody do it with Juicy Fruit because they're no, no longer making it anymore. No, That's Fruit Stripe. Juicy gone. Fruit's still there. Fruit Stripe. Oh, good. Thank God. When yeah. I uh, Swell Bubblegum Factory, which was over in Havertown, they had a giant dumpster out front, and the gum that didn't get wrapped or didn't get made properly, we would go there on Fridays or Saturday mornings. We would sneak, climb over the fence with our bicycles, and then dive into the dumpster and pull all the gum out. And it was the weirdest thing. Like, didn't they know we were doing that? They didn't seem to care. Big, big, two big green dumpsters, and one of us would climb in, and the other person would just throw the gum out to us. And we're like, wow, look at all this. For the first couple of times we did it, like, it was so much gum. It was so exciting. And then, like, you want to go up to the Swell Factory and steal gum out of the dumpster? You're like, eh, not really. Because you can get to a place in your life where you've, you've gotten enough stolen gum out of a dumpster. Yeah. Well, I liked uh, Big Buddies. Okay, you always do this. Every time I bring up my gum stories, you always talk about how you like the Big Buddies because they were extra big long. Big Buddy, and then... Big, Big Buddy, Buddy fan. 
Yep. <laughs> big, big, funny <laughs> Right. You know, as a fan of January is uh, Seattle Times, they said this is the secret month. It is actually the best month of the year. But why is January the best month of the year? Well, first of all, don't give the Seattle Times credit for it. this came out of the New York Times and the Seattle Times oh, okay. just happened to, to print it. Um, it's because it's boring. It's because there aren't that many things to do in January. You're coming off of this this holiday type madness where you've got parties every weekend, you're doing all kinds of stuff. And then in January, the weather's not yeah. so great. You can just kind of relax. You don't have to worry about anything. Um, it's the lack of social obligations, a sense of calm. Um, so it's the calm after the storm that people are attracted to. It's also the slowest month for tourism in most cities. So if you were going to visit somewhere and the weather wasn't terrible, it would be a good time to go because there's not that many people wherever, whatever city you would choose. I see. It is a time to sort of uh, slow down, meditate, read books, get in front of the fire, stuff like that. Chew gum. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> That gum seems outsized for your mouth. Yeah, are you chewing paper? Is that a regular gum? Where is what is that? What do you mean? What is that really gum? Yeah. Let me see. Yeah. Let me see. It's your big buddy gum you like so much. No, it's not. (laughs) Big buddy, big big buddy buddy fan. It's gonna need the big public traffic dust. That would be the goal, though, is you try to put the whole thing in your mouth. All right. You didn't take the class. You're so jealous of me all the time. Yes, it is. TD. Get ready. It is a deal. Oh, you're doing a great job. Great job. You got no reason to be concerned about your employment here. No, you don't. Say hello to your potato. Hello. Potato. Say goodbye. Here comes the mailman now, Sherry. I'm the mailman, as you can see, I'm the mailman. Don't nobody mess with me. Dad, don't mess with me. man. If you didn't know, That's right. I'm the mailman. I bring the mail to your door. I realized, you know, do these like tin hat stories, and I look at myself in the camera. I'm in this weird, like, dark space. <laughs> I really do look like one of those crazy people coming from their basement. Terrible you know? lighting. Bad lighting. <laughs> First time caller line. Go ahead. George Norrie. Sherry, you may begin. Okay. Uh, 206. Oh, this is mean. I don't. I don't even want to read this one. Joe put it well, in there. Joe with his weird oh, cough right. laugh. But, <laughs> but it's mean and I don't like mama. it. Why do we have to be subjected to the horrible producer's laugh all the time? I really am trying, but this show is getting harder and harder to listen to. And is that because of <laughs> is that really because of his laugh? <laughs> Straw. <laughs> wow. Hey. Uh, you know, yeah, Jacob used to have a weird laugh all the time. His wasn't oh, as, as, no, as mucusy as yours, Joe, but that's all right. I'll work on it. I'll quit smoking. <laughs> Oh, well, oh, okay. you should anyway. Yeah. No, yeah, just yeah. quit laughing. <laughs> wow, everybody jumping poor, on you now. Poor Joe. For, poor Joe. Uh, please dro- uh, save this drop. Oh, Farmer Brown, please save this drop. This is Sherry. Quote, that would be the goal, though. You try, uh, you try and out the whole thing in your mouth. I think but, he means yeah. I put the whole thing in your mouth. Thank you. He's talking about right, the I don't know why. I don't know what he's referring to. Oh, okay. 
Why don't yes. why why should we save that? Doesn't make any sense, and who really cares, right? Does it make any sense to anybody? <laughs> what what can he well, possibly mean by that? Like, why would that be interesting to anybody? I don't know. I don't know. I, but Farmer Brown thinks so. Okay. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> okay, Jacob. Here we go. Uh, Moving on. Washington's bill to keep Trump off the ballot. Uh, uh-huh. Mike in the 360 says, word of advice to the Republicans planning on going to Thurston County to change Joe Biden's ballot eligibility. Dye your uh-huh. hair purple, put on clothes from last week, and borrow your grandmother's glasses, and they'll let you right through the Dragon Bar blockade. Okay. Ghosts and UFOs, Jordan in Marysville says, does Sherry believe... Does she believe in life after love? After love? <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> you could become a ghost someday, and that would be okay. <laughs> you see when okay. you hear your words back, Sherry? Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Okay, okay. go ahead. Uh, Renee in 360 <laughs> says, I believe in ghosts or spirits. They exist. UFOs are military and government regulated. Hopefully UFOs are much more intelligent than we are. If they're wise, they'll stay away. Yeah. You don't sit and cry about it. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Old flaming dog poop pit. Uh, Fox, Fox LNG says, Sherry, you could easily blow out the flame with a simple flick of the wrist. I would assume a w- woman of your attributes is well-versed in the infamous Hulk clap, thunderclap. Yeah, oh, I, I invented that. Uh, Steve 3PO, <laughs> I keep a fire extinguisher next to my door to put out flaming dog poop paper bags placed by extraterrestrial aliens trying to flush me out of my house to administer probes. Can't be too prepared. <laughs> Oh, boy. With a tin hat time, Andrews in 509 says, I love the tin hat uh, time with John and Sherry, if if that is their real names. Oh. It should be if. No, oh, that, that's a tease. <laughs> Letter of the day now, Sherry. Okay. Kyle and Olympia. Sherry, you brought up the old flaming dog poop trick. I need to know uh, more. Do you use the untreated, non-solid dog poop, you know, to really make a mess with the squish factor? Or do you put a good solid poop in there, you know, to subtly flex about your dog's health? I'm on the uh, fence. Please advise. No, you always want a good solid poop. You know that. Come on, there Kyle. You go. No <laughs> better right. than that. That's what I'm going to advocate for. The listeners are weighing in now what they think of the show. I have a radio, and I have it plugged in, and I could hear you. You're the only station I can get in. All right, so by default, that's nice. Thank you. That's all she wrote. That's no other choices. Sherry and the Thank you for being on the radio. Yep, you're welcome. We'll be on the radio again. Let's do another hour of this. Here we go. John Curley, Sherry Ellinger Show.